Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to episode 122 of your favourite Bible podcast. It's Thrive Deeper. It's your old host here, DJ Payne. And on this fortnight's episode, Matthew and I are still in the book of Acts. It's the second part of our six-part series in the book of Acts. Now, last episode, we covered two chapters. <laughs> this this episode, we think we're going to cover five. So let's see how we go. We want to get through chapters three to seven on this episode. We've also got a very special announcement to let you know of a great discounted product we want to be able to offer you, something that we really believe will help you in your Christian walk. So keep listening, grab that Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 3. Hopefully you've got your copy of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide as well as we get into this fortnight's episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew, as we're recording this, uh, we're nearly into winter. I love winter. You, you're, you I love it. <laughs> I'm a Queenslander, and if that doesn't mm. mean anything to people around the world, uh, you know, I grew up in the sunny part of Australia, the warm part of Australia. Oh, the frosty mornings. I, I walk out along the ridge up in Ceres, and I look down into the clouds in the valley and the frost on the grass. It is very it's- beautiful. It's good for my soul. It is. It is. I have to confess, it is very beautiful, but it is also very cold. So cold that you have decided to open up the curtains here in the studio, and you're sitting in the sun. Well, well I love winter sun as well. <laughs> it's actually a time when I can enjoy the sun. Oh, if yeah. It's in-, in summer, you're always trying to get away from the sun. Well, it's 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 quite a side here. I'll have to put a picture up somewhere on our social media. Media, you sitting in the sun with the Bible in front of yeah. you, ready to go through the Book of Acts. Yeah, I'm ready to go. So let's get into it. <laughs> solar power today. <laughs> solar power. Now, this is our second part of our six uh, episodes that we're dedicating to the Book of Acts mm-hmm. as we run through it this time. And uh, you know, as, as we're going through it, uh, you know, last episode was Acts chapters one and two, sort of an overview yeah. of everything. I mean, we didn't get very far through the Book of Acts last episode. We only got to chapter two, but there was a lot to cover yeah. in in the setup of this book. Well, there is, and it's a it's a momentous moment. So you, it's it's a it's a moment of very important fulfilment. So you really yes. need to understand what's going on and what's behind it, yeah. and uh, and the flow on of that. Yeah as we're going to see in this episode, yes. is very important. As very, well. very important. So uh, the, goal this, the goal of this episode is to try to get through five chapters, chapters three, four, five, six, and seven. Now, just to give a bit of a recap, the first two chapters of the book of Acts, uh, you know, basically picks up where Luke finished off in, yeah. in, in the book of Luke. Yeah, I mean, Luke, right. Dr. Luke is writing the book of Acts. This is like the sequel to the gospel of Luke. Jesus is talking to the disciples. He ascends. He he basically prophesies over them, tells them the future, yep. and says the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's going to do something that's never been done before. This is a new age that's, that's coming, and you're going to spread, spread the word. You're going to spread the gospel first to Jerusalem, then to Judea and Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Yep. 
I've got to go, wait around, the Holy Spirit will be here soon, and off he goes. Yeah. The Holy Spirit arrives on the day of Pentecost, and we see the birth of the church. Yeah, that's right. That's basically where we've covered. You know, we've gone from about 120, uh, you know, believers holding out after Jesus to yeah. after Peter, you know, preaches you know, around the day of Pentecost. We're now over 3,000 believers, yeah, you know. Right. Uh, so so that, that sequence, and as it... Peter makes clear in his speech on the day of Pentecost that sequence of what happens with Jesus is very important. So Jesus uh, suffers and dies on a cross, which purchases forgiveness, rises again from the dead. So we see resurrection power, you know, resurrected in power. Uh, He ascends, the ascension to the right hand of the Father is important because that's the fulfillment of Daniel 7. So this is Jesus ruling at the right hand of God the Father. And from there, this is the point that Peter makes uh, in his speech, from there Jesus pours out the Spirit. We often think of God giving us the Holy Spirit, but actually in Peter's speech he makes it very clear, it's Jesus who is sending the Spirit. And... um, And he frames that in terms of Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So the ascension is that Jesus would sit at the right hand of God until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. And it's, it's the, in a sense, the invasion of the Holy Spirit, if we can picture it like that, taking charge in the world, uh, overcoming sin and darkness and brokenness and and the uh, overcoming the principalities and powers it's the defeat of these principalities and powers and the forces of darkness by the power of the holy spirit that we yeah. see now and uh, and that's what flows out of this and the flow is though that has happened in the spiritual realm yeah god has left us here to f- yeah. continue, the war is still going. The war has been yeah, won. Yeah, that's right. We're still in that. In, in a yeah. sense, but the war, the battle is still happening. Yeah, that's right. And and so, and I think the the prophetic image that's used in uh, in the Old Testament to describe this particular period is is the picture in Ezekiel forty seven of the river flowing from the temple, because of course the filling uh, here of the disciples, the flames of fire coming to rest upon each one of them, that evokes the filling of the temple in the yes. time of Moses and again the time of Solomon yes. when the when the fire, the glory of the Lord uh, came into the tabernacle. So this is the new tabernacle, this is the new temple, and uh, we have now, right now, this is the river flowing from the temple out yeah. to the eastern region according to Ezekiel chapter 47. Uh, it flows down into the desert, into the Dead Sea, and it makes alive what is dead. Yeah. So we're going to see that river flowing and going out, and of course the structure of Acts, yeah. which, and we've said in the last episode that really this is really the Acts of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, Luke says, you know, in my first book I told you what Jesus began to do, and in this book it's about what Jesus continues Continues to to do do. by the Holy Spirit through his church. And that's made very clear, you know, at the end of chapter 2, it says the Lord was adding to their number every day. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't wasn't the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It wasn't Peter. That's right. Jesus is at work adding to their number. The Lord is adding to the number. So we have this early church in Jerusalem. This is within the first year of, uh, you know, even within a few months of Jesus uh, you know, dying mm. and and yep. and and uh, ascending yep. in these first few months, all of a sudden we've got well over three thousand believers yeah. 
99% of them, well, most of them being Jewish, uh, you know, in Jerusalem there. And we now get a glimpse in chapter three of Peter and John. Yeah. Two of the apostles that we're very familiar with, you know, Jesus's best friends. Yeah. Sort of like John is known as the one that Jesus loved and had a great affection for as yeah. one of the youngest disciples yeah. traditionally, and then the fisherman Peter, who was the leader of the of the of the gang, you know, type of thing, that yeah. the outspoken one. The two of them, their daily actions. What are they doing? They're going to the temple. They're preaching the you know yeah. the word. They're That's they're, right. they're following where the Spirit is leading them. That's and right. we get yeah. and we get this amazing story of uh you know. The, the the song we used to sing when we were kids in Sunday school, silver and gold have I none, yeah. but such as I have give I thee, yeah. in the name of Jesus Christ, from yeah. Galilee, rise up. And so, you know, he went walking and singing, you know, the old, yeah. the old thing. And I think that the significance of, because remember, you know, chapter three following right yes. hard upon chapter two. So you get chapter two, the first thing, you know, after the speech, the first thing we see is the constitution of this new community. Um yeah that they're meeting together. So this is the new temple gathering together. That's and, the picture. And it becomes this very powerful yep. vessel. And they're going out. Uh, and I think what what we see here is they are looking very much like Jesus. This is the sort of thing that Jesus did. Uh, big know, time. Uh, and so... Um, uh, you're, basi- you're basically meant to read this, and Luke is doing this very, very well. You're meant to be reading with all the different layers switched mm-hmm. on, all the, you know, as... as um, you know uh, what's his name from uh, Tim from the the Bible Project will often say all the hyperlinks are here. There's yeah. hyperlinks everywhere. Yeah, There's clickable right. hyperlinks everywhere here in our modern age. As you're reading this, you're meant to the sparks are meant to be flying in your head, going, "Man, this is just like Jesus." Yeah. Oh man, this is just like. Oh, this is just like oh, this is a picture of you know Ezekiel. Oh, this is you know all these different things are supposed to be springing <laughs> into your mind as you read. Yeah, that's right. And so in the same way as with Jesus, there is this remarkable healing. Uh, this man is rejoicing and praising God and everyone else is praising God. So you get this polarization picture yeah. uh, because as, as this happens, you also get the beginnings of opposition. And we're going to see that this is a uh, a theme that begins here as well. So it's this polarization effect. And we're in the temple precinct. And so there's a, you know, there's a hierarchy here uh, and... Uh, we're going to see increasing jealousy because, in a sense, what is happening here is that the new temple is replacing the old temple. This is really the the crux of of what's happening here. So those associated with the temple and the leaders and the the, the, the high priestly yeah. families are reacting against these Christians. Yes. Uh, so it's you know the old temple against the new temple and um, and. Um, but they're struggling to know what to do as, as once this man gets healed, the authorities want to rein this in, but they can't actually deny that something amazing is happening and all the people are praising God. Yeah. But it's funny that this is a problem for them. Yeah. <laughs> you would think well, it, it, well, it's, it, it wouldn't it, be. It's very interesting. And, it's, and it's re- I think it's important to note as we, as we fly over chapter three, and and it's a beautiful message from Peter. I mean, this 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 burly fisherman who is always putting his foot in his mouth. Yeah. And you know, making grave, either saying the most profound things or making grave mistakes with Jesus, with his time with Jesus. We see the difference here. Yeah. Of what the Holy Spirit makes. Yeah, so now right. this now this fisherman is able to articulate what God is doing. Yeah. He's he's made. Uh, the Holy Spirit is bringing what Peter knew and has been taught his whole life, the Torah, the words of Moses and everything. Yeah. Peter's able to take that word of God, apply it to what is happening. And this is going to be a theme in these in these chapters, and we'll see it again, is we get this reference 
back to the time of Moses. Yeah. Back to the tabernacle, because yeah. that's what we're supposed to be thinking yeah, about, the right. temple, yeah. the tabernacle, what God is really doing. <clears throat> and, and you know, uh, Peter does this beautiful job, job, and he basically wraps it up and says, remember that Moses prophesied about this prophet that would come, yeah. that would actually do this. You killed him. That's right. And we're here to tell you that you killed him. Yeah. But it's, you know, this is what was meant to happen, da-da-da-da-da, and he goes on. Yeah, that's right. And so... It's he's calling them to repentance. He's saying you you killed the Messiah, but there is God is willing to forgive, uh, repent. And it's interesting that he says is in its interesting phrase, so that times of refreshing yeah. may come from the Lord. And I think that evokes again that picture of the river definitely uh, flowing into the Dead Sea. Definitely. That that if you repent, then you're essentially opening up a a channel for this river to flow in yep. and through your life. So I think that's uh, really significant. Of course, uh, many do come yep. to faith, but of course there's this uh, increasing yeah. And again, the, again uh, that, that resistance. Major, that major theme, I mean, we've just come out of, as we're recording this, we've just come out of the last few months going through, you know, the the Torah basically yeah. you know the, you know looking looking at the you know the Old Testament there and it's amazing he finished basically Peter finishes up this sermon that we have recorded here by Luke by by saying remember the original promise yeah. to Abraham yeah. that it's through his descendants yeah. we will bless the entire world this is what's happening right yeah. now we're about to bless the entire world now then we go j- jump straight into chapter 4 while that's happening it's like a movie yeah. set yeah. so the camera zooms away the camera yeah. sort of pans that's over good. here and you see Peter preaching the crowds are gathering and everyone and the mm. holy spirit is working the camera zooms behind the scenes, and you've got the Sadducees, yep. the temple guards, their their cronies. Everyone come together, going, "What is going on? This is not cool." And they're that's they- right. So these are the these are the people that are in charge of the temple, and and they've got a problem with this because um, these guys are taking over and doing things that really and having a level of influence that they believe belongs to them, yeah. but also preaching in the name of Jesus, which is incredibly problematic. Remember, they had just been complicit in, uh, in and, and in fact, uh, expressly took responsibility for mm. the, uh, the the crucifixion of Christ. And so this is a problematic moment. Yeah. You know, are they able to do what Peter had just said and repent? Are they able to recognize and own up their wrongs? Uh, and and recognize this, and you can feel the feeling here is like, uh, you know, like the you know a dry uh, what can I say, a dry situation like a war is about to break out. It is so yeah. tense yeah. that everyone is on a knife's edge. Everyone is on the edge. We see this that after Peter's amazing message, while this is happening, yeah. five th- it says five thousand yeah. men, yeah, were added. So. That's right, yeah. You know, and again, that's important to remember that culturally where Peter is in the temple and stuff yeah. like that, it was basically a man's, yeah. you know, it was where the yeah. Jewish men were. Yeah. But this is still in a time where so many people are there, 5,000 men. So it's not, we, we've got to get the right picture in mind. The reason why the Sadducees and the Jewish rulers are worried, it's like, no, this is not a small little group. Ah, this is snowballing. This massively. is snowballing. We had three thousand this this time. Now we've got five thousand men. Yeah. They're going to go back and take their families to this yeah. new thing. That's right. This cult that is starting. This Jesus cult. What is going on? So they organise the next day for the entire leaders to be there, and they bring back Peter and John. Yeah, that's right. And they say we've got to have this out, and it's an amazing scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's four. right. Yeah. 
Um, so they're, they're pulled in front of the of the council and uh, and called to account. Of course, the the question is by what name and what power uh, did you do this? And it's interesting to note it, too that it says here, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, says. Yeah. So again, we're talking about the acts of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Yes. So. Um, so this is always emphasized through the narrative. And he gives this uh, speech and he says, uh, you remember Jesus that just a little while ago you guys crucified? <laughs> well, He's actually our Messiah. Like yeah. that's how wrong that you did it. Yeah. That, that's how wrong you got it. And um, and so, yeah, this becomes very hard for the Sanhedrin to accept this because, of course, that would make them comp- complicit um, in the death of Jesus. And so they, they are... Are telling them not to do this, but there's not, again, there's not much that they can do because well, the we, people are all rejoicing. And we even get so this, is, this is what I love about Dr. Luke here writing this. He gives us what they're really thinking. Like they're, yeah. it's such a, it's such a horrible bureaucracy of management. It's this horrible, you know, the elite class. Yeah. We get a glimpse here from from Luke that they are, even though they're telling him not to do this. They're dumbfounded by their boldness. They're like, yeah, oh, something. Right. They realize something's going yeah. on. Yeah. They're like, these are these dumb fishermen yeah. who were with Jesus, who we know, yeah. we saw them in the temple for, for years. And that's an important point. And they were just these dummies who were following this guy. All of a sudden, Peter is like, just trumping all over them, like giving them prophecies and quoting scripture. Yeah. And they're like, we don't know what to do. But how about you just, well, forget it this time, just leave and never mention yeah. Jesus again. Yeah, they're, they're experiencing that. I mean, they are the, the leaders are witnessing the transforming power of the Spirit because yes. the, here are these fishermen and suddenly they're empowered in this manner uh, to bear such bold witness. So the text is up to this point and, and moving into the, because um, of course they go back to the believers and we have this beautiful section about the believers' oh, prayer. Yes, so, so they're, we're, we're straight away shown a couple of things that can that we can expect yes, now. Okay, yes. so the first thing this that we this is the pattern. Yeah, this is, this the, is pattern. the pattern. So we can expect the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, um, you know, bowling over all the obstacles. You know, uh, power of the by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, there. Uh, Brokenness is healed, and and light comes into darkness, yeah. and we can expect, you know, thousands of people coming to faith. Yep. But again, by the power of the Holy Spirit, yep. we can expect um, w- when God's people step up to be witnesses that yep. the Holy Spirit is available yes. uh, to work through them. Yep. You know, this is the sort of thing that we can expect. But at the same time, we can expect opposition. Yeah. To that. Yeah. And that's that's what. Uh, is being predicted here, and that's going to be a feature uh, all the way through the Book of Acts. The this, this is this is right at the beginning. Yep. This is right that's at the right. beginning. But it's made equally clear that the opposition, um, and and this is it, why this early story is important, because mm-hmm. it, it equally makes clear that the opposition doesn't stop the movement. No, you know the, the, the opposition is hard, and it's going to get increasingly harder, and God's people are going to suffer. Yep. but it's not going to stop the outward movement. Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. It's not going to stop the river from flowing. It's yeah. That's a great way of putting it. This is an anemic little dam, a little obstacle in the flow in the flow of God. You know, like this is like an embarrassingly anemic, you know, 
to begin with, like you say, to begin with, it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. But this is a great pattern to see that what happens when the Holy Spirit is doing what he wants to do amongst believers, amongst the church. And and it's the one little point that I would like to bring out here is is the power of the Holy Spirit in working through Peter and John you know and and vo- yep. vocally working through peter it's almost it's almost like this moses and aaron thing you know it's almost yep. like a, you yep. know like the two yep. the two guys coming yep. into the to the to the thing here what is the holy spirit bringing to peter's mind it's bringing to mind the word of god yeah to speak forth over this situation yep. i mean again i just want to make that point yep. because i think sometimes yep. in today's culture yeah sometimes we, we we get obsessed with the holy spirit doing something new you know god yeah. is you know god is doing something yeah. new god is doing something new and i understand that that love and that appreciation where that comes from but yeah. but the holy spirit here is bringing passages to mind yeah, that right. peter is yeah. in, ingested yeah and being able to apply that's that right. word of god to the situation yeah, that is convicting right. everybody yeah that's right it's a yeah. amazing picture yeah, that's right so um so we have this amazing prayer. They, you know, they come back, and the prayer is interesting uh, because as they respond to this opposition, uh, they're going to pray for boldness. And but they bring the situation. They quote from Psalm two. Yeah. In in the light of the the opposition of the Jewish leaders, I love it. They quote from Psalm two, which is why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain, which is about ungodly nations standing and uh, not submitting to. Um, in, to the rule of the Messiah, and of course, here it's not the ungodly. No, it's 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 actually uh, the the head, the Jewish people. Yep. You know, the leaders, the priests, priests of the Jewish people, and certainly they point. You know, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate that they, you know, they're standing against this. So there's a sense of, and Psalm two is is important here, in, in, as you say, because what they what they're doing in order to spearhead this situation, um, they're actually pulling out scripture. It's the, they're they're wielding the sword of the spirit here because they're saying it was. See, they're navigating by the word, right? They're saying, okay, look at what's happening here. Oh no, but this was predicted, right? This is what it says in Psalm two that yep. the nations will will rage and plot in vain, and it will be in vain. Yep. The nations and they will try and throw off the yoke of the Messiah. Yep. However, as the psalm goes on to say, but the Lord who sits who is enthroned in heaven laughs. Uh, it's no obstacle, and uh, and and goes on to talk about the Messiah being given the nations as in as his inheritance. Yeah. So this, it's the the use of of this of that scripture in this situation is a powerful weapon. Yeah. It's you know choosing the right weapons for the right situation. They are pulling out a powerful weapon. Psalm two in this context is amazing. And, uh, oh, and let this be a lesson to us. And I and I I feel convicted because sometimes I don't do this. I I, I want to. I think sometimes I, I rail on about the Word of God because I fail to apply it into my life like yeah. this, that these guys are experiencing something like, you know, Peter Peter and, and John, and there's all these new believers yeah. together, yeah, or m- thousands of new people. Yeah. Peter and John comes back to the rest of the dis- apostles, yeah. disciples, or the women, everybody there. They tell them this story, man, we've got to go to, go to the Lord. How do they filter this experience? Yeah. How do they filter what God is doing? Where do they go? They go That's to the right. Psalms. Yeah. They go to the Bible and That's go right. right, this is this is not out of your control, God. You have you know they even as they're praying, like this was part of your plan. Yeah, they understand that through yeah, the that's Psalms. Right. They're yeah, praying, that's back right. the, praying back. Yeah, down. that's right. So, so they're so being 
uh, you know, being clear about the battle plan is very, very important at this stage. Yeah. Uh, and it's always important for us. We've got to be clear about the battle plan. And so they have this in their mind. And, and, and so, you know, Psalm 2 is just so relevant uh, at this stage. So they pray, you know, they pray. For- they, they obviously pray that the leaders, uh, you know, the, these Jewish leaders would be favourable to them, or they pray for, you know, I was going to say exactly, yeah, yeah, they pray for, you know, better management, or they pray for another opportunity. No, no. none, none of that. That's right. They don't pray because because they recognise that it's always predicted that yeah. there's going to be this opposition. So they're not they're not praying that they would not have opposition. They're praying that they could remain bold through the opposition because what is made clear in Psalm two yeah. is the opposition isn't going to be a problem. Yeah. It goes on to say the Lord who the Lord enthroned in heaven and of course. Course, who is enthroned in heaven? You know, Jesus at the right hand of God. The the, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. Yeah. It says in Psalm. It goes on to say in Psalm two. Love it. Uh, and and it you know goes on to predict that you know the ultimate um, victory of of the Messiah. Nothing can stand in the way. So, yeah. but also they recognize that, and they so they pray for that boldness. Okay, so give us boldness yeah. to continue oh. to declare. The word of God. This is this is so needed in our culture today. This is so needed in in the believers in the churches in the West today. Um, you know, I know that they're persecuted church in the Middle East, in in Asian countries around the world. Believers are experiencing this. You yeah. know, the, the Holy yeah, Spirit yeah. is working yeah, in yeah, those churches. Right. But I think sometimes we forget mm. to ask for that courageous, yeah. bold spirit. Yeah. That that Jesus said yeah. we would have with the Holy Spirit that this was going to be part yeah. of the part of the plan that would give us boldness to speak the word of God into the situations. Yeah. yeah. So people would get saved. I yeah, think sometimes right. we pray for the opposition to disappear yeah. or melt away and we have an easy life. No, no, no. That's, That's right. This yeah. is not not the plan. That's right. I think it's also worth pointing out that um, you know we we just got to remember Peter's experience previously uh, about yeah. denying three times. Yes. It's the that's the opposite of that boldness. Now, yeah. now we see uh, this this boldness kicking in. So we have another great at the end of chapter four. Yeah, uh, another statement about the community. We have we we have uh, th- three of these. There's another one coming up in chapter five. There's one at the end of chapter two. Yeah. One here at the end of chapter, chapter four. four. And there's another one coming up at the end of chapter five. These are important statements about the unity and the power of this community. Again, this is the new temple, right? The new temple is the church, right? So they're assembled, just like the bits and pieces of the tabernacle were all pulled out and they were pulled and they were assembled together. So it's their unity that matters. As they unite, they become the temple. And we we see the river, Ezekiel's uh, vision, we see the river flowing out from the temple. So the the the, the giving out that they are, they're, they're, they're a giving church. Yeah. And there are no needy persons among them. Yeah. They're giving up uh, possessions. And, and so there's something uh, insignificant about this in this stage. But here, here again, and this leads us to uh, this, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Well, we get, we get just, before we, just before we get that, Luke is introducing, um, you know, different, he doesn't introduce many people, <laughs> yeah. but he takes the time at the end of chapter four to introduce someone who's going to be important as we go on. And that's this guy, Joseph, a Levite, who the apostles were so encouraged yeah, uh, yes, by, yeah. were, so, were so enthusiastic. Yeah. And this is the guy who sets the tone, it seems, yeah. this, this amazing Levi Joseph who has heard, this is a new guy, this is a new convert yeah. to the early church. 
he he hears the gospel. He's so moved that he starts selling his land. He's yep. selling his, his his different things, giving to the church, providing you know comfort and, and and all these things for people. So much so that the apostles the apostles call him and give him a nickname, yeah. Barnabas, yeah, which is you know son of encouragement. Yeah, that's you know, right. This guy, and he's sort of we're seeing early early on here that this is the. Um, this is the correct response to the apostles. Yeah, this guy is realizes that the Lord is using them specifically, uniquely. This is something new. He is he sells his yeah. stuff. He gives to the church, mm. and the apostles approve him, and that leads us into chapter five. Yeah, there's another thing actually that leads that I should point out that leads into chapter five is the fact that um, there there these wealthy people are selling bits of property and they're bringing. The proceeds, yeah. uh, and it says here, and they're putting it at the apostles' feet. Yeah. Now, the the important thing about that is it's not just everyone just giving money away, uh, hodgepodge. This is there's actually a significance to this because it echoes the uh, the principle of tithing, which is about creating a centralized fund. Yeah. Uh, that aids the ministry of the temple, right? Now, this is the temple. This is the new temple. Okay? Exactly. So the idea is is not just people going out and giving money wherever they want it. Yeah. It's about creating that centralized. It's bringing it into the temple. Um, and because again, you know, for uh, you know, I know for some people, oh yeah, I, I just give my tithe where, where, here and there wherever I. But actually, the whole principle of tithing is for the establishment and maintenance of the temple. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what we see, and it's this actual principle that's evoked at the end of chapter two, when it talks about them sharing what yes. they have. That's actually the principle of tithing. That's yeah. that evokes actually that law of tithing. They're sharing uh, a portion of what they have, and in some cases, people are giving large portions yeah. uh, of what they have. They're selling properties and giving it all over. And I love the fact that we've got Joseph. Now it's very important. Luke knows what he's doing here, and the Holy Spirit yeah. knows what he's doing. Joseph, a Levite, yeah. Does this and 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 we're meant to go. We're meant to go. Hang on, I know numbers and Deuteronomy really well. Yeah, and Moses spent so much time talking about giving to the Levites. Yeah, you know, to keep the temple, right. to keep the tabernacle, money. There's so much, so, so much stuff here, and we go. Oh, hang on, Joseph, a Levite, is coming to the apostles. He sold a piece of land and is giving them the money. Something's supposed to okay. be here. That's right. So previously, it's the Levites who are the beneficiaries, yeah. and they didn't tithe themselves. But no. now a Levite <laughs> actually is giving to the new temple. That's a great observation. I, lo- I love uh, it. Actually, I love um, it. And so. So what we have here in the story of Ananias and Sapphira, now, now I want you to, th- this evokes another story actually, yes. because this is the, this is um, the sort of, uh, you know, remember the, the way that this has been framed, you know, Jesus is is seated at the right hand of the Father, yep. and, and this is almost like Jesus is now, this is like an invasion narrative, you yep. know, he's taking the ground back, right? Yep. Like the promised land. Mm-hmm. Now, what we have in the story of Ananias and Sapphira is a repeat of the Achan narrative, essentially. Yep. It's something like that. So uh, th- That with a little bit of the, uh, you know, um, Aaron's sons <laughs> thrown in there. Yeah, I that's think. right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you remember a story in uh, Joshua 7 where um, they, in, in this case of the city of Jericho, yes. uh, they go in and all of it's meant to be dedicated. Yep. Um, to, to the Lord, everything. Yes. Uh, but this one man, Achan, he takes some plunder yep. and he buries it in his household. Okay, so he hides it, right? Yeah. And this becomes the problem here is that 
these this couple um, they sell some property, they yeah. bring the proceeds, and they are asked point blank, "Is this all that you got?" You know, um, yes. And again, um, there's this amazing movement that's happening, and people are doing this. Uh, it's not that they have to do. The people aren't. No. no one has ever told you have to give all the money. No. Um, but because people are doing this, and remember, there's this amazing things are happening, right? So there are people thinking, oh, man, I've got to get in on this, right? This is this messianic movement. This is where it's at. Thousands of people are coming. Now, that's great, but um, but there are potential problems with this because people could want to join for the wrong reasons. 100%. Uh, it's about being part of something that looks like, gee, this is going somewhere. Yep. This is the new thing to be a part of. There's something pa- – the pe- <clears throat> people – this is again. This is the fact that this is in chapter five yeah. of the of Book of Acts, right at the beginning, up yeah. front. You know, Luke and God is loading us up up front here to say when something powerful happens, yeah, bad people will be attracted. To yeah, that that's as well, right. Yeah, wanting to somehow manipulate the situation to to their advantage. Yeah, that's right. And what is the response? Well, it's yeah. pretty heavy and. You know, and and the response is again, it's that that uh, kind of echo of that Aiken narrative. So it's harsh, and I know a lot of people uh, struggle with this story. Um, now, what I want to underscore is that Ananias and Sapphira they are they are judged, but not for not giving all. What no. they are judged for is the fact that they lied yes. to the Holy Spirit. Yep. They point blank lied, yep. and this is you know remember it's. Satan is characterized as a deceiver throughout yes. scripture. Okay. Yep. So the it's the nature of this particular sin that's important here because here is this new movement. It's a uh, it's a spiritual battle that's happening here, and deceit is and lies is what is gonna undermine this. And so this is kind of found out. The, the Holy Spirit quickly points out, ah, here's a lie. This is a here's an opening. We need to get on top of this. And so we have this judgment narrative um, that uh, very much like Achan's, it's about um, preserving the purity of this community, uh, that people need to be a part of this for the right reasons. Yeah. Peter points out, listen, you didn't have to give away. It was yours in the first place. It's, you didn't yeah. have to give everything. You just don't lie when you well, do. He goes one step further than that. <laughs> Peter goes one yeah. step further than that. He says, Satan has yeah. filled your heart That's right. to lie to this new yeah. movement. And it's like, wh- holy That's right, moly, yeah. you know. So the the picture there, which, which is, evokes, which, which again reminds us that this is this is a spiritual battle yes, unfolding here. Yes, and w- and the problem with Ananias and Sapphira is that they they were giving Satan a foothold. Their yep. deceit was going to yep. be pr- just the beginning of uh, of potentially many problems. But of yes. course, it's cut off at the pass. Right at right at the beginning there. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's. We, man, we could spend an entire episode talking about this. One last point here that I would like to make about Ananias and Sapphira that I think we're supposed to get from these Old Testament stories as well, because yeah. it definitely echoes the Old Testament yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Part of part of what God was doing, you know, and like I, I said about the yeah. story of Aaron's sons who, uh, you know, use strange fire in the in the tabernacle, and God yeah. strikes him down dead in the in the tabernacle. This is God's new tabernacle. Here, God's doing something yeah. new. Yeah. These these people come in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. You know, yeah, yeah. Satan's bringing something in. They they are struck down dead and and buried. And you know the you know the believers are like you know some of these new believers are being like, whoa, what have we got ourselves yeah. into here? 
But straight away, you this is given great. This is like it did for Moses and Aaron. Yeah. For Peter and the apostles, this is a great confirmation of their authority mm. and the unique authority that the apostles have in the early church. Mm. That man alive, we this these are the God's chosen people. Yeah. They're they're striking down people dead. Yeah. You know, just by rep, you know, rebuking them. Yeah, that's right. It's it's pretty scary it's stuff. It's a it's a foundation laying yes, yes. moment this. Hundred percent. Um it's interesting to note then in verse eleven of chapter five, it says Sorry, verse 13, that no one else dared join them. I mean, it says, you know, the apostles perform many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them. <laughs> this, I think, is connected uh, with what's before. Uh, uh, it says, no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded uh, by the people. Nevertheless, verse 14, yeah. more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting... So I think what this is saying is that uh, that particular instance, it stopped people just from joining just by 100%. joining something yes. popular or that looked like an opportunity. So all of that opportunism, that that people joining for the wrong reasons, yes. is cut off here. Yeah. And there's a sense of the fear of the Lord around this. Yep. And you only join this movement if you're really, really serious about it and really true. Uh, and that's important because this is not about drawing the crowds. And, and that, I think, echoes the gospel narrative as well, yeah. where we see Jesus constantly um, uh, doing things that narrow the crowds down, that, that you know, sort of people doing things that aren't popular, yeah. that actually uh, thins the crowd out to those who are really serious. Totally. And so we see the same thing All right, let's, happening here. Let's take a quick yeah. break. We're, we're, we're about halfway through, uh, not even halfway through chapter five here. Uh, I think we're right on point in our little uh, yeah, schedule we're here. We're, do, we're doing well. Uh, let's take a quick break. want to let you know of a really uh, amazing offer that we've got here at Thrive. So keep on listening and we'll be back with more from the Book of Acts in just a moment. Hey there, fam. Thank you so much for listening to Thrive Perspectives. Keep on listening because it's not just me here on the little break. I've dragged Matthew kicking and screaming into you. Hey, how you doing, Matt? I'm wondering <laughs> I'm r- wondering right now when you, we're about to do an audio ad yeah. for my book. Yes. Thank you yeah. for why you are handing me a physical copy of my book. But in case you wanted to get inspired, right. I've actually handed you a copy. I'm holding a copy yes, right now. I know what it looks like. <laughs> I know what it looks like. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, listen. The book is Deeper Places. Matt, you originally wrote this about, what, five or six years, seven years ago? Uh, 2013. 2007. So, eight years ago now is the original Deeper Places. Yeah. Uh, A couple of years ago, you decided it was time for an expanded edition. Yeah. 
That's now, right. Now I've the added book, a chapter. Yeah. Now the book is all about uh, you know your spiritual journey and a, and a pattern for a spiritual journey. How God has given us the Book of Psalms to usher us into a deeper relationship with God. Yeah. So it's a book about the spirituality in the Psalms, and I so I explore the various dynamics and the kind of experiences portrayed uh, in the Psalms from. Uh, rejoicing and praise through to lament and anger and everything in between. Now, the expanded edition that we're holding in our hands right now has yeah. has got the anger chapter in yeah. it, the expanded anger chapter. Yeah. Did, yeah. Was it? Was did you feel well, like you had to? Was there something you were angry about to put in there? Or no, I I I think I came to understand how important that was. Probably a bit more subsequently. I mean, I I was probably still in the process of. Uh, of getting, but there were there were some just key things that uh, caused me to kind of grasp that uh, yeah. what, what, why they were so important. And also, I got a little tired of people saying, "Oh, yeah, all the psalms except for those angry ones. We can't. We need to chuck those out." Oh, I like that. And and yeah, what is lost when you do? Well, you'll have to read the <laughs> read the chapter. To find well, it's a fantastic. It's a beautiful paperback. Uh, you know, book here. It is usually. From the website, twenty dollars uh, for you if you want to buy it. Twenty dollars, which is, uh, you know, pretty cheap. It's a standard rate if you go in there and yeah. buying a, 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 you know, paperback uh, book here. The amazing special offer that we've got for you right now is if you head over to thrivetoday.tv, thrivetoday.tv. At the top of the website, you'll see listener uh, special offer. You'll see a special offer for listeners, and that's you who's listening right now. You click on that. You use the coupon code Thrive. Mm-hmm. Which is you know, pretty obvious. You use a coupon code Thrive. You get the book. This is for Australians only. For ten bucks, half off. Wow. <laughs> there we go. So if you're looking for, I'm telling people because I know a lot of people have got the book, and maybe a lot of people aren't readers. This is a great present. This is a great present if you want to, uh, you know, give it to someone who, you know, might be struggling through some faith mm. issues or someone who's who's been yeah. a Christian for a little while and they want to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. This is a great book for them. And it's got some great photography on the back. A photo of me taken how many years ago? Oh, that's a long time ago now. <laughs> I like the yeah. This is yeah. Matt, Matt's little uh, bio photo that he continues to use is like from I don't know two thousand and eight or something. That yeah, I took, but, but as long as I haven't changed a bit, that's oh, completely valid. No, no, you're looking just the, exactly the same. I'm glad you pointed <laughs> out the you. photo there in the book. Hey, now listen, taken go by your, your, you know, Mr. DJ yeah. Payne here. Well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> it's about the size of a postage stamp on the back. Yeah. Uh, grab grab a hold of the offer. I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep it going. Ten dollars for the book, the paperback copy here, uh, Australian only. If you want to get a hold of that, deeper places, the spirituality of the Psalms by our own Matthew Jacoby, the expanded edition, for only ten dollars. ThriveToday.tv. Click the link. Use the word Thrive. It's as simple as that. All right, Matt. Let's get back into the podcast. Drive Deeper with DJ and Matt, and we're in the book of Acts, 
We're sitting around chapter 5, about verse 17, and we get another pattern happening here, Matt, uh, you know, in the early church. God is doing some amazing stuff. Well, we should we should actually back up a couple of verses because I think this is really, um, you know, really important as well. We remember that the outline of the book of Acts is the words of Christ before he ascends. You know, you're going to be witnesses to me in, in Jerusalem and, you know, Judea and Samaria yeah. and then out of... At the end, at the end of this little paragraph here in chapter five, we we see that as the miracles are happening and people are bringing in, you know, these people to be saved, we see that in verse sixteen, a crowd of people from the towns around Jerusalem. Yeah. So we can pretty much tick off Jesus's yep. first, yep. <laughs> you know, first, uh, you know, first thing is happening. Yep. Whole of Jerusalem is is aware of this is yep. happening, and they're bringing the sick to be healed, and they were all. Being yeah, yeah, that's right. And they're, they're, it says that they are bringing them out into the streets so that, you know, at least Peter's shadow might fall. <laughs> I mean, this is, man, this is uh, sensational stuff that's happening here. Yeah. So um, then they, uh, they grab, they therefore grab these apostles and they put them in jail. So what we, what we have here is this first prison break. This is going to happen a number of times yep. in the book of Acts. Um, and I think this is important because um, probably the the Book of Acts is written. Uh, well, it would Book of Acts will have been written when Paul, who becomes the main character in a lot of the Book of Acts, is actually yeah. in prison. Yeah. And and the point is, is that and the really the point of a lot of this is nothing can get in the way of this movement. It can't be the, the 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 flow, the outflow of the river, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit, uh, of this movement. It cannot be impeded. It can't be imprisoned, right? Yeah. So we have a, a number of stories uh, in the Book of Acts where you know prison doors are broken open, and yes. and and it happens anyway. Yeah. And so uh, this is um, you know against all obstacles. This is the. Uh, Really, the story of the book of Acts the, is the, the, same the outflow of the Spirit against all obstacles, and, and this is the first. And the same thing you said before, uh, this is a reminder. I mean, with this angel coming down and breaking them out, yeah. this is an angelic, this is a spiritual battle. Yeah, yeah a, that's right. Yeah, You know, God and his angelic forces, yeah. God and, uh, you know, Jesus and the entire spiritual realm is here fighting for you yeah. guys. Yeah, that's right. So it's not a battle. So, so even yeah. though, I mean, and this is the thing. Because go back to your point about when they prayed, what they didn't pray was for the favor of the leaders. They yeah. they prayed for boldness, and I think what what can happen for us now because we're you know we can take for granted the the um, permission that we have now you know possibly now and increasingly with limits around that. Interestingly, uh, you know we can get so preoccupied with having a political environment that is friendly to. Our convictions, but uh, the the emphasis here is that whether the political environment is friendly or not friendly yeah. is no obstacle <laughs> to the uh, to the advancement of the gospel. We see that again and again in the Book of Acts, and in in the midst of where there is opposition, as you pointed out, what they pray is not that there won't be opposition, because mm. it was made clear that there will always be opposition. Mm. What it, what they pray for is boldness to. Um, do what they are called to do despite the opposition. Mm. So that's what we see here. There is opposition. Um, they're put in prison. 
there's a you know miracles are also signs of something. Yep. It's so this is also saying something. You can't imprison this. No, you can put these people in prison, but the uh, but God is going to break this message out, and in some cases also the messengers, as yeah. as we see here. Um, and the, the movement's going to continue to move, and we get this great moment again. It's a, it's a similar pattern, you know. The, the the leaders are all together. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks on behalf of all the apostles and says, "You know exactly what you did. We're he- you can tell us yeah. not to preach. We're going to keep preaching. Yeah. Sorry, we obey God." And everyone is getting rolled that, up, and that's the boldness. Yeah, that's, that's the bold- right, that's yep. the boldness that yep. they prayed for. Yeah, yep, and. Uh, you know, and Peter Peter says, you know, we're witnesses, and so is the Holy Spirit, yeah. whom God has given to those who obey. And basically, saying we're doing this by yeah. the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this right. is what you're seeing. Yeah. They're furious, but then a Pharisee speaks up because we've got the Sadducees, we've got the Pharisees, yeah. we've got the temple leaders, we've got all these different machinations coming yeah. together against the early church. And then we get this guy. Now, how do we pronounce his name? Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Yeah. So this this is this is important because Gamaliel's statement is going to. Um, really make the message plain uh, here. Yeah. So, as I said, what this story shows is that you can't stop this. This is an unstoppable force, right? And Gamaliel actually, in a in a sort of a almost a prophetic sense, very much so, uh, actually says exactly that. So, Gamaliel, by the way, this is Paul's mentor. Wow, this is Paul's teacher. Okay, so wow. Paul. Uh, so Gamaliel actually is a is a very um, p- one of the most prominent Pharisees at this time. Yes, uh, he is. He, <clears throat> he's he's got this rabbinic student Paul that we're going to you know is is uh, his young prodigy. Um, the Pharisees in this council were something like were a very popular group. They were like the uh, like the opposition party. Yeah. In a sense, in, yeah. in yes. a, not, yes. not in a just not in a negative sense. Although yes. there was often tension between the Sadducees That's and the Pharisees. That's a great point. Yeah, uh, the Pharisees acted. If you imagine Parliament, like they're yes. the opposition, because the Sadducees <clears throat> were the ruling class. That's right. The higher, yes. That's right. And this guy uh, and Gamaliel is uh, is the leader of the opposition. Um, so, um, so he says, uh, you know, if uh, you know. Remember these other guys, yeah, yeah. They he started movements. He does a quick history They lesson. died out. Remember there was yeah. this guy from this place, they did this. Yeah, he, false, he movements, false, false, movement, false movements, false movements, burnout, right? He's basically saying, listen, he, he comes down and says, look, this could possibly be, we all think this is another false movement. But then he puts that little thing at the end. But if this is of God, yeah. you man, will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. That statement is... Uh, is important yes. here for the book of Acts because it is from God and no one can stop these men. That's the point of this statement. So, yeah. um, yep, so they... Uh, it's, like, it's like this voice. It's an amazing picture as well yep. that sometimes in our, in our fervency against the world or against opposition, against governments or whatever it is, we can want to tie everybody with the same brush. Yep. But this is like another picture that sometimes God's grace, God's yep. you know, if someone pursues wisdom, wisdom can be yep. found in the in the unusual yeah, right. places. Yeah. And who knows where this man's heart is? Who knows where he was? Yeah, you know where he was leaning towards. He obviously is very aware of what's going on, what happened yeah, with Jesus right. recently. Yeah, yeah. But he throws it out there, and he convinces everybody else. Yeah, that's right. Let's not kill him. Yeah, let's just beat them a little yeah, bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and let them go. That's right. And and so, well, 
they beat when, and when it says they were when it says someone is flogged in a yeah. in this kind of context they are you know severely flogged uh so again let's not miss that this is not easy they're actually having they they have to be willing actually to go through this but uh you know they leave the sanhedrin rejoicing because they've been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for Jesus name so again that sets up a yes uh what's what yeah what's the, the theme uh, uh, trouble is going to come. Yep. Opposition is going to come. God's still in control. He will look after you. Okay, what happens if op- opposition gets physical and you're actually beaten? What do yeah. you do then? Yeah. Let's have a look what the apostles did. Yeah. Day the- after day in the temple courts, from house to house, they never stop teaching, proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. So they're rejoicing that they've been counted worthy. Amazing. And they do not stop. This yeah. is the point here. Yeah. That's what they've prayed. They've prayed for this boldness, and they are not going to stop, whether it's in the temple courts, from house to house. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. That's just so important because, you know, again, for this, the, you know, this movement is um, flows forth through the witness yes. of the church. And yeah. as soon as, as soon as, uh, we stop talking as soon as we shut down and 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 become closed books to the people around us. You know that's in a sense that's the only thing that can stop the movement. It's our um, it's our timidity or a lack of boldness. And so this is where that that prayer becomes so important. Give us yep. boldness. Yep. And if we want if we want boldness, the Spirit will give us that boldness. Yeah. Um, so uh, and that uh, leads us then into chapter six, where yes. we where we meet a very bold. Uh, well, we get well. We person, get Stephen. Yeah. Well, we we get to meet Stephen, but before we get to meet Stephen, and now this chapter six, and people, you know, this is. I wish I wish Luke was a little bit better with giving us dates and stuff, but this is obviously, you know, most scholars would be looking at this and saying, right, the transition from five to six is not just like the next day. This is the problem yeah. with some of the when we read through the Book of Acts, it feels like it's happening day after day after day. Yeah. This is probably you know could be in the first few years. Yeah. You know, yeah. months and years. This yeah. is this is as the church yeah, is growing. Right. Yeah. You know, so I ju- I just say this because you know w- we obviously have, you know, think about all these new believers. Some of them are selling different things, coming in. They're looking after different people. Uh, women are being added to the churches. Widows, are, you know, coming in and stuff like that. And the church is now becoming, you know, more than just you yeah. know a, a spiritual movement. It's a physical community. Yeah. And how are we meant to do that? Because as again, the same pattern as these, you know, gospel communities as as believers congregate, you know, around the world, and this is patterning out something. You're going to have these moments yeah. where there's going to be cultural divisions or yeah. personality things. So now we have all these, all, you know, again, the church is made up of mostly all Jews right yeah. now, Messianic Jews, and we have these Jews who are speaking Greek. Yeah. And then we have Jews who are speaking Hebrew, and they're, yeah. they're considered the real Jews. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, and some of these widows and some of the Greek speakers are going, "Hang on, these guys are getting preferential treatments. There's food deliveries that aren't coming to us. We're widows. You need to be looking." Yeah. You know. So and that and, and the interesting thing about that is that this the problem here comes down to, in a sense, things are growing so quickly. So so it's not as organised as as it needs to be, um, and 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 so. This is because I read some commentary on this, and it points out that fr- what what is clear from here is that 
the the problems about the provisions come from a lack of intentional organization. We need to organize things intentionally. Yep. Otherwise, people get hurt, right? Yeah. Or people get left out. Yeah. And so this is a classic moment where a little bit of good organization can solve actually a lot of problems. It, it, again, <laughs> having just spent all the time in the Torah that we've spent in the first five books of the Bible, I get it, I get the feeling of like, hang on, this is this a Jethro moment? Is, yeah, this, yeah. is this Moses's father-in-law yeah. coming in going, yeah. what are you doing, you fool? You yeah. can't do everything. That's right. You need to organize Just a little bit organized. Yeah. Set up some judges to help out with your thing. And Moses is like, oh, of course. And I think, look, I think this is an important point because I, I, I feel like it's too easy to have this idea that all, everything just hop, happened spontaneously yep. and there Got was no order. It. You know, it was this sort of chaotic. No, actually, they're wanting to bring some order to this because uh, because of a lack of organization, people are getting hurt or left out here. And so they're starting to organize this movement. This is important because, you know, when Luke is writing this, the 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 evolving organization yes. is still evolving and, and so so these um sort of these roles become quite yeah. important and and, it, and i love the fact a few little glimpses here so this is in the first couple of years of the early church coming together they're learning we still have a distinction of the apostles yeah in this chapter here chapter six it says the 12 the 12 are still yeah. the 12 apostles what are the apostles doing they're devoting themselves we see yeah. here to the word of god yeah this is what yeah, that's right. This yeah, is yeah. what their life is all about: is the Word of God. That's right. Now, you know, they have a different they have a different Word of God that we have, as in they've got the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, loosely, you know, loosely defined there. Well, well, I think I think they would they they were certainly equipped with with the records of like yes. early records yes. of the teaching of Jesus. They yes. certainly uh, would yeah, they're, they're about that. Yeah, they're they're working out they're working yeah. out what is going yeah. on. I, I love the fact, just incidentally, uh, in the chosen. You and I have been uh, fans yeah. of the chosen, and yeah. you know Matthew, who's depicted as a bit on the spectrum, <laughs> yes. is you know always keeping records of things. Yes. And and I think Luke alludes to that actually yeah. that many have set about drawing up an account of yep. these things. And so Luke says that you know uh, when when he wrote the first volume of this and yeah. so um uh, so yeah they so they would have been uh, equipped with it but there that yeah the point here is that the 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 apostles want to focus on you know prayer the ministry of prayer and and the the preaching of the word yeah uh and so they set aside these seven people and the number seven here because is important because um towns Often had seven elders. Yes. It's it's an organization. It alludes to a fairly common organizational yep. kind of principle. You but have again, seven the, seven, elders. the seven number means. Yeah, yeah, know. that's right. It's uh, so so. It's uh, you know they set aside these administrators. Really, it's not just about. I mean, they talk about waiting on tables. They're, they're not waiters. It's that that's an expression. Yeah. They're administrators. Yeah. Uh, the, these are people who are not just uh, administrators, but um, they're, they're Discerning administrators, because the key uh, sort of um, the key thing that they're looking for here is people who are filled with the spirit, who are yeah. really part of this flow, yeah. but who come to this with with the ability to administrate. So, so straight away we realize here in the early church, you know, the twelve gathered together, everybody in, you know, all of them, and they're yeah. all called disciples at yeah. this point. They're not called Christians; they're yeah. called disciples. Grabs every gathers everybody together. They go, listen, we've got a problem. 
you know, and we can sort of read it like, hey, we're too good to wait yeah, on yeah, tables. Yeah. And it's not that at all because they say, look, this is a really important point. How important is it? Yeah. Well, it's obviously important enough to be able to say the seven that we want in charge of this are men who who yeah. are who are full of wisdom and full of the spirit. So already this early in the church, yeah. you can you can correct me here, Matt. You know, yeah. a, 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 this is something that I sort of read into it. Already at this stage in the early church, there is a difference between people who are following after God and they're disciples, they're, yeah. they're, follow, they're followers of God, and people who are full of the Spirit. Yeah. yeah. There's already there's yeah, already right. a little yeah. bit difference here because they didn't just say, hey, get good 12 administrators. They're like, no, no, look for the people who are full of the Holy Spirit and have this wisdom to be able to administer yeah, what we yeah. need to do. Yeah. And there seems to be already, not, and I don't mean it as a hierarchical thing. Yeah. I mean it as as a a walking with God, yielding yourself yeah. to to what the Spirit yeah, is doing. Yeah, that's right. So so even uh, the the word filled here um, has this connotation of of like filling a jug, or so so it has the idea of provided for or equipped with. Yes. So uh, lest we just think uh, it, it's an all. Uh, it has the same manifestation in everyone. I mean, as Paul says in Corinthians, there are many different manifestations of the Spirit. There are many different giftings, right? And so the point here, by filling, they are equipped by the Holy Spirit for a certain, you know, know, for for a ministry. Yes. Um, uh, And that's what they're looking for. Who who has God equipped Mm. uh, for this ministry? Now, we see it's not just about that ministry because basically this... Um, it's it's not just about administration. They are also preaching the word, and it's interesting that this basically this section at the beginning of chapter six introduces us. We don't hear any more about most of these, but we do hear more about two. It int- introduces us to Stephen yes. and then to Philip. And the interesting thing about both of those people is that they're not just administrators; they are actively also preaching the word. So it's not yeah. like some preach the word and the and others don't. Yeah, these these are. Uh, people given the charge of administrating uh, the provisions of the church, and yet what we see with both Stephen and Philip is they're out proclaiming the word. And Luke already writes out, as he introduces Stephen and Philip, says they're full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. So there's something a little bit special about these yeah, two, and yeah. we'll see that, yeah, we'll see right. that as yeah. it goes in. So, look, you know, um, the the all the church, all the disciples, believers go, hey, this is a great idea, fantastic. Yeah. So we get this introduction of deacons, yeah. what most churches would call you know, well, uh, yeah. That, well, that that emerges later, actually. In the, uh, we, I mean, we, we get to that when we get to the letters of Paul. So yeah. that's an organ. It actually, they're not called that at this stage. No, uh, but, but most, but, but yeah, again, yeah. traditionally, this is the beginning. Yeah. This is the the tr- sort of beginning of that kind of thing. Yeah. But later, that that something like this office gets called. But I, I mean, um, yeah, it's. What comes later is sort of a developed version of this, but I think we just need to be careful in going Again, too hard on oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go too hard. I'm, I'm, I'm talking uh, traditionally, um, you know, the, the, the church historically has looked at Stephen and Philip and these men as... Yeah. The first deacons. Now, yeah. no, again, I want to, yeah, yeah. like you say, yeah. the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah. But we've just that's sort of like the the, the tradition that there are apostles, yeah. there are leaders, and yeah. then there are yeah, not I almost want to say the lay leaders, but they're not lay leaders. These are mm. these are special officers in church. Yeah. Before we get into this part of Stephen, there's one last thing at this beginning of six, uh, chapter six. Before we get into the rest of six and seven, 
is um, that, you know, they place their hand. We see this wonderful process that they place their hands on them. The word of God continued to spread. Uh, the number, like, so we see that this was the right decision to do. Yeah. Because we don't read that this is a problem anymore yeah. happening. The right decision yeah. is happening. These these uh, men, these first seven, you know, leaders are helping the apostles to get the th- job done. More people being added to the church, and then we get this great moment as someone who loves the gospel narrative so much mm-hmm. about the Pharisees and the priests. Yeah, we get this one little line here that Luke throws in, and a large oh, yeah. Yeah. group, yeah, of good. priests became obedient to their yeah. faith, and it's like, oh, yes, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yes, yeah. they, they they came through. Yeah, because I because I think it's important to to recognise that it's not just all opposition. There's and yeah. and it's actually important to recognise because often you can come away with with the. Uh, in very inaccurate idea that all the early believers it was a gentile movement yeah. no this is a jewish movement yeah. in you know at the start uh the church is made up of jewish people it's a jewish movement and there are a, no- a large number of priests that here become uh, obedient to the faith which is amazing it's it's interesting to note the the constant reference to the fact that this is increasing 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 right at the beginning in those days the number of disciples was increasing yeah there's a number of statements made through the Lord added to their number. It was increasing. More and more people uh, are being added. Um, so then it zooms into this character, uh, Stephen. And um, Stephen is uh, doing great wonders, miraculous signs amongst the people. Okay, So it's not just the apostles uh, are doing this. Yep. Um, you know, Stephen, it's basically, you know, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit uh, for this that are, that are doing these things. Yep. Um, and, of course... This is this pattern. He's doing these amazing things. God is doing these amazing things through Stephen, and then there's opposition. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Stephen Stephen is really special here because now with this account that we're about to read with Stephen, Stephen is is debating and arguing with men in the courts. You know the other yeah, Jews yeah. about what you know what is going on. And he's defeating them. He's wisdom. He's, yeah. he's being full of the Holy Spirit. They cannot refute him. So what do they do? They organize some men to lie and bear false witness. It's like, hang on, I've heard this before. Yeah. This is, you know, this is this is a pattern of Jesus. Yeah. You know, this is what happened to Jesus. So we now get this wonderful patch this wonderful picture from 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 Luke here in the in the in the you know the Acts is that our pattern is Jesus. And we yeah. see someone who fully lives that out, Stephen. Yeah. Who it does it in such a beautiful way yeah. in chapter seven. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's great. I, it's interesting in chapter six, uh, he s- sees there. Um, it's interesting that it, po- it Luke goes to the trouble of pointing out that it was members of the synagogue of the freedmen. Now, freedmen were former slaves who had been freed yeah. uh, and Jews of Cyrene, which is in North Africa, and Alexandria, of course, which is in North Africa. So I don't know why that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he... he you know, points out that it's, you know, these groups that uh, oppose them. You know, is that because they're maybe less equipped uh, because of their background, perhaps, than the Jerusalem Jews, yeah. uh, you know, to argue with Stephen? I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to know. But but the point is, is that Stephen just demolishes them. He, he has this, because he's equipped by the Spirit, uh, he's he's a man of the Word, he's uh, he just you know, demolishes them in these discussions. And and much like the liars about Jesus, it comes down to the temple. 
Yeah. Stephen is saying things against the temple and what this Jesus person is going to do against this temple and that's our customs. Right. And it's like, again, you're supposed to tweak and go. Yeah, that's right. This is and so, so that's, that's yeah. an important point when it comes to Stephen's speech. Uh, because this very, it's the longest speech recorded in the book of Acts. Yeah. And it's interesting. You read through this and you think, why is he? Because he's telling the story all over again. Um, uh, it's worth actually recognizing that that it often is about the story when they're preaching. They're not. They're never actually just preaching abstract doctrine. This is actually really. I know it's a it's a side point, but it's a really interesting to observe this, that the Christian worldview is primarily a story, right? Yeah. And it's all about the story. We tend to think much more abstract, you know, abstract doctrines. What they're doing is telling the story, right? And so his, uh, the the accusation is saying things against the temple. Um, but what he, what he, as he goes through this story, he, he, he tells a story of, um, of Abraham, uh, Joseph, yeah. Moses, and he points out that's consecutively how God's people, um, that, that the people rejected those that were sent to, do, that were sent to them. It's you know, the, the, the theme here, he says so, it in one of the verses. So, so, you know, so Moses, you know, Moses, uh, and this is a bit of detail we don't get in Exodus. It gives us a bit more. You know, Moses is prepared to deliver the people, uh, but they they're like, "Oh, who are you? Who is yeah. this guy to uh, to deliver us?" Uh, and so he emphasised that. Then he goes to Joseph and the way that Joseph was sold into slavery yeah. by his own brothers. Okay, so Stephen's point here and is is that uh, and the way that you know. Uh, you know, Moses, the people reject Moses' message and worship the calf. And so the point is, he's saying, there's a pattern here through history, and this is completely consistent with this pattern. Mm. So you are doing exactly what your forefathers did. Um, and hey, the temple, and then he goes on to address the bit about the temple. Listen, the temple wasn't ever, you know, was never really to contain God anyway, mm. because of course, he's speaking for the new temple. Um, here, remember, remember there's yes. this movement. The old, the new temple is taking the place of the old temple. Yeah. Uh, the old temple is saying that could never, con- that never could contain God, anyway. Um, and so, but once he starts talking about the temple, it's probably an incomplete speech because they probably break him off here. Well, he he, he builds through crescendo, and again, the point is, like he says about Moses, the theme. There's a verse here when he mentions Moses that the that the Israelites who Moses came to did not understand what he was yeah. talking about, and that's the theme. Yeah. That's, that's Stephen's theme here. Go, I'm going to go through all of history, our mm. Jewish history, our yeah. shared history that we believe in, yeah. and the theme here is. People, the people did not understand what God is doing, and then when he gets right to the end, he he he, you know, goes all the way to Solomon. Yeah, you know, mentions the Babylon captivity, goes all the way to Solomon, and then he sums it all up. And this is what really cuts him. He yeah. sums it all up. If I can read the last couple of verses, he says, "You stubborn." People with uncircumcised hearts, again, bringing the words of Moses there, uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit, like your ancestors did. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold long ago the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. And this is where they get he gets them. You receive the law by decrees given by angels, but you did not obey it. Yeah. Boom. They're, they're like, done. That's right. You accuse us of not obeying the law. The thing that they've dedicated their That's life right. to, you're, you're and, they're, and they're furious. And, and I think here is where we get this uh, going back to Psalm 2, you know, in the in the prayer we talked about the in the end of chapter 3, um, the quoting of Psalm 2, the nations rage against 
your holy one. Well, yeah. this is exactly yeah. what's happening here. Yeah. It says that they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. Wow. But in contrast, right, this is this Psalm 2 moment. In contrast, he has this vision of Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Yeah. Yep. You know, the one seated in heaven laughs, as it says in in, in Psalm 2. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, again, this is an expression of, there's opposition, yeah. but don't ever forget Jesus is enthroned yeah. in heaven, uh, and of course. But that message makes them even more. Oh, they irate, cover their ears, they and they their drag ears. him out yeah. uh, for blasphemy out of the city, outside the town, and they stone him to death. Uh, as they stone him to death, they take they take off their cloaks so yeah. that they can you know move around like, a bit, move around a bit, and and you know customarily you would place your cloaks at the. You know, at the feet of whoever was presiding, and yeah. who was the who was presiding here? New here we meet. Uh, here we meet someone that's going to become very uh, important. Yeah. Uh, the presiding officer is none other than Saul yeah. of Tarsus, who is going to become the Apostle Paul. Wow, we, they put their feet, and you know, and he is there, and and the and the wording of of this as we go from chapter seven to chapter eight is that Saul is there. Overseeing the stoning of Stephen, having a witness to all of this, yeah, and he is looking on and approve uh, and with approving. approval. That's and right. approving. And of so, course, Luke travelled extensively with Paul. Yeah, so he would have got this straight from from, from Saul of Tarsus, who became amazing. Paul himself. And it, look, it's an it, again the, the to go back to a previous point that I really believe that you know the Lord would have us get from these first few chapters of, of Acts. The the vision that Stephen has as they're stoning him and as he's still giving testimony, he's saying, I see God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, 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 you know, he's like he, he is seeing yeah. it, full of the Holy Spirit. And he 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 as he as he cries out at the end, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, again, echoing yeah, the words yeah. of Christ himself yeah, on the right. cross, he fell and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Yeah, that's right. Patting, the, patting Jesus yeah. himself. And we get that it's a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual that's dimension. Right. The fact that they are stoning Paul, uh, they are stoning Stephen's body, yeah. destroying it, killing yeah. him. The fact that they are beating the apostles, you yeah. know, in prison. Yeah. Not that it's whoop de doo, yeah, yeah. But it's this is what we're called for, yeah. You know, this there's yeah. there's something bigger going on. Yeah. Keep your eyes on yeah. this fierce opposition, and yet we see the unfolding of a force that is unstoppable. And this is what is pictured here. It's like you do. It's talk about boldness. You know, Stephen is so bold here. Is this as a man filled with the spirit? He just. He continues to testify to this, and uh, and with that boldness, when we step into the jet stream of what God is doing, we become an unstoppable force. And it's not about our capacities and our ability and our strength. It's about that that step of boldness is saying, "I am willing to be used by Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit to be a part of this movement. You know, to be a part of this unstoppable force. And when we do, uh, we truly become unstoppable." I love the sound of that. An unstoppable force. 
This is the church, the unstoppable force. I tell you, I'm inspired. I'm inspired in these early chapters of Acts. I'm inspired by the life of Stephen here as he sees a glimpse of what really matters, what really is going on. Jesus standing at the throne of God. It's a beautiful picture. Well, hopefully you're inspired as well from these uh, amazing words in the book of Acts. We're going to be back in a fortnight to continue through, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your questions, your thoughts, your comments. Thrivetoday.tv is the best place to go to get in touch with us. Thrivetoday.tv, you'll get all our links there. While you're there, you can also take hold of the special listener offer, and that is Matthew's book, Deeper Places for Half Price, $10 only. You can do that all there at thrivetoday.tv. Until next time, let's all remember, this is an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrivedeeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. <laughs>